Hello and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of AZ Vineyard Church. This week, enjoy the podcast as truth is revealed in God's Word. Go get a notebook, grab a Bible, and expect to have an encounter with God today. So just so y'all know, I'm a first grade teacher. I do that during the week. So boys and girls, guess what? I believe in treats. Do you guys like treats? I'm sure you hate them, right? Thumbs up if you like treats. Awesome. Because see this cool bag? At the end, if you're all listening, you get the treats. But if you're messing, then the adults get the treats. Oh. Do you think they should get the treat? No. Do you think the kids can get the treat? Yeah. You're awesome. I think you got this. So I'm going to put this. We'll stick it right here as a reminder that those adults have to behave. So kids, on the count of three, say, adults, you have to listen. One. I did not say three. One, two, three. All right, and adults, you have to say on the count of three, kids, you need to listen. One, two, three. All right, kids, go, we got this. You got this. All right, so today I have a very appealing message. Appealing, appling, get it? Sorry, I'm first grade. Today, we're going to talk about relationships. Now, relationships is a very interesting thing. Do you know what relationships are? That's kind of a big word. You don't know? You know what it is? Mm, Not really. Relationship is the way we connect with somebody. So, like Miss Courtney. I'm going to call Miss Courtney up here a minute. Miss Courtney is my daughter. So I love Miss Courtney. I've known Miss Courtney her whole life. I could tell you some great stories about Miss Courtney, but I'm not going to do that today. Maybe later. But relationship is how we interact, how we talk to one another. How are you this morning? I was a little nervous, but I'm doing good. I knew you could do it. It's how we interact with people. And guess who we interact with, or shouldn't, you can have a seat now. Guess who we interact with the most? We should interact with God. So today, we're going to talk about our relationship with God. But before we can understand our relationship with God, we have to know him. Do you think I know Miss Courtney? Why do I know Miss Courtney? Because she's my daughter. Good answer. Why else do I know Miss Courtney? Because I met her. I met her the day she was born. You're right. Why else do I know Miss Courtney? Because we work together and do things together. Good answer. Because I'm her mom. And moms want to know who their kids are. Dads want to know who their kids are. Guess what? God wants us to know who he is, and he wants to know every little detail about our lives, too. So today we're going to talk about who God is. So first, I'm going to start with a little story. Do you guys like stories? 
It's a little more interesting than if I just talk, talk, talk the whole time. So I don't think you want to hear me talk. So I'm going to tell you a story. I have a story called Three in One. And my story starts like this. Here is an apple. This looks like a yummy apple, by the way. If I get hungry, I might have to take a bite, just so you know. Stay. I don't want the apple to be naughty. Here is one apple. There is only one true God. How many gods are there? One. One apple, one God. The apple has three parts. It has the peel, that's this outside. It has the flesh, that's the in middle, the white part that we eat. And then it has the core. You guys don't eat the core, do you? No, what are we supposed to do with the core? Or plant it. Good, aunt. Wow, you guys are great. You got this. The one true God has three parts too. He has God the Father. Everybody say Father. God the Son. And God the Holy Spirit. Now, all three parts of the apple are still apple. The skin. Is it a banana? What is it? It's still an apple. Is it an orange? What is it? An apple. The flesh inside the part we eat. Is it a pear inside of here? What's inside of it? Man, is that the only answer you know? But you're right. Is it a... Oh, I know. It's a plum inside of here. What's inside of here? Apple. And the core is still... An apple. All three parts, but it's still one apple. And God the Father is the same way. It's not, is that three apples? How many apples is it? One. Just one apple. All three persons of God are the same. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Are they three gods? How many gods are they? One. One. Three make one. It's still one God. The three parts of the apple have different purposes. Did you know that? So today we're going to talk about the different purposes. So I'm going to stop my book right there for just a minute because you're going to like this. I need you to have a seat for just a second. I'll, you can help me in a minute. All right. So we are going to look at the different parts of the apple. Now I have my apple and the peel who was the peel like? Who's the skin like? God. And who's the flesh inside like? And who's the core like? Man, they could preach this lesson. They got this. But boys and girls, adults get old. Did you know that? And sometimes when they get old, we forget things. What do we use apples for? For food, what kind of foods could we make out of an apple? Raise your hand if you have an idea. What could we make out of an apple? Fruit salad. Oh, you, oh, fruit salad. That's a good one. Miss Arlene, what can we use? Apple pie. Who agrees apple pie is good? Me. What else could we use apples for? Ooh, 
You guys didn't hear him. He said homemade applesauce. Do you guys think that's a good idea? Awesome. You know my favorite? To dip the apple in caramel and make candy apples with sprinkles on it. Come on, those are yummy. Apples can be used for all kinds of things. What else? Applesauce. We got that. Good job. Now, I have another question. What is the apple seed for? What comes from the apple seed? What's the apple seed? What comes from that? It comes from the apple. It comes from the apple. Good job. And what's going to happen with that apple seed? Sydney, what's going to happen to it? Get planted. Okay, but let what else? What else? When he plants it, what's it gonna hap- What's gonna happen? It's gonna turn into an apple. Hold on one sec. It's gonna what? It's gonna grow into an apple tree. Oh, and that apple tree is only gonna have one apple. Oh my goodness, that's so like what the Holy Spirit's going to do. But we'll get to him in a minute. Do you know Father God creates and protects us? So just like the skin, it protects the apple. And God created us. In Genesis 1:27. it said, So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Boys and girls, he created him. So did God only create boys? Did God only create girls? He created both. He created all of us. In Psalm 139, listen to this. It says, for it was you who created my inmost parts, like your hearts and your lung. Who made all that? God. God did. He made our inmost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And then in Jeremiah, he says, before I formed you, I chose you. How many of you in school like when the teacher chooses you to get a treat? Like if I was going to give this squishy apple to somebody, nobody would want this, right? You would? And if, and if I chose you, come here. If I chose you, how would you feel? Exactly. But she would be happy. So you know what? Since I chose you, I'm going to give you this apple. God chose each one of us. And we have that knowledge of knowing that we were chosen. Just like it said in Jeremiah, I chose you. He didn't say, I only chose Miss Courtney. I only chose Pastor John. He said, no, I chose you. That's each and every one of us. And sometimes we're not convinced of that. So God has to keep reminding us, hey guys, I chose you. He says he chose us. He appointed us. He set us apart. I love that scripture because it reminds me of who I am in Christ. I don't have to worry what the world says. I don't have to worry if the world says that I'm not good enough or that I'm not the best teacher and my scores aren't the high enough, it doesn't matter because you know what? I know who I am. 
I'm a child of God that was chosen and set apart by him. If we know that, does it matter what the world says? It doesn't because we're chosen. And I got to tell you something interesting. What, make, what you make by nature, you will protect. I have 13 grandkids presently. Don't know if we'll have more in the future, but 13 right now. And if the grandkids come over and they build with blocks, they build their little castle and they're like, Nana, come and see this. And we also have some little young ones like my little Sarah. And she kind of toddles around and sometimes she want, goes near that tower. And you know what the kids do? They protect it. Why do they protect that tower they built? They don't want it to fall. They made it. They created it. You created the fountain. And did you want anybody to wreck it? No, because you made it. That's how God feels about us. He created us and he says, don't mess with my kids. Those are my children. Those are my children. Don't mess with them. He is protective of his children. God sees us because he made us. He values us. We are important to him and we are special to him. Okay, boys and girls, say, I am valued. You're going to have to remember this for the next prize. I am valued. I am important. I am loved. I am special. Why does God protect us? Because he chose us. Because we are his kids. Good catch. Psalm 17, 8 says, protect me from harm. Keep me, and you'll see why we're talking about apples this morning. Keep me, no, it actually says, keep me as the apple of your eye. It does. It says in the Bible, keep me as the apple of your eye. Did you know that? It actually talks about apples in the Bible. But I got to show you what apple means. Now, the apple of my eye, stand right here. The apple of my eye, when that's mentioned in the Bible, it's because in your pupil, if I take, come here, Miss Erica, I need you. If I take my grandbaby and I hold her real close, look at me. Let me see. Oh, you are so beautiful. I love you. I can see myself in the pupil of her eye. God sees us that way. He sees us in the pupil of his, of his eye, we can see ourselves and he sees us and he sees himself in the pupil of our eye because we were created in his image. When he looks at us, he doesn't look and go, wow, you really messed up this week. You kind of blew it. He doesn't do that. I wouldn't do that to my grandchild. I would look at her and go, I love you, precious. Can you have a seat for me? And you can hold this for me. Have a seat. I look at her and I look into her, the pupils of her eyes. And I see my reflection in her because you know what? I love her. And she can see her reflection in my eyes because she loves me back. That's the relationship we want to have with God. 
When it says, whoever touches you, touches the apple of my eye, it's because we have that intimate relationship. But you can't see, I can look out there, I can't see myself in the pupil of your eye. Why not? Because we're not close. I have to draw close to God to be able to see that. It's an endearing term. It shows affection. It shows his love. His love is greater than just, oh yeah, I love you. His love is so endearing that we're close that I can see my reflection in his eye and he can see his reflection in mine. I love that thought of who God is. King David, with all of his armies and all of his riches as king, looked to God and said, keep me as the apple of your eye. Keep and protect me. He had all the armies at his disposal, but who did he depend on? His dependence wasn't on those armies. His dependence was on his God. It says in another translation, keep an eye on me as you would a child who is reflected in your eye. And I don't know, but if you've had children, you know children don't just sit still. You take a child to the park and they're not, oh, here, let's go to the park, Miss Maddie. And Maddie's going to sit right here and she's not going to play and she's not going to run to the friends that are there and she's not going to go anywhere else. She's just going to sit right there and be still, right? This is how it works? No. You know you have one child, you're chasing them. You have two children. Yeah, childs. That's great English. You have two children. It gets even better because you're going two directions. You have more than two you might as well get a loud Italian voice because you're going, Kyle, Steffi, Courtney, Kirk, reel it in, Christina, Deanna, over here. Because they're in every far direction because that's how kids are. And God says, the way you would watch those kids is the way I want to watch you. I'm watching you when you're at work. I'm watching you when you're at school. I'm watching you when the enemy comes against you. You're not on this on your own. I'm watching you like, I, like you would watch your child. And as a parent, if you care for your children, that's, God does so much more the way he looks at us. He holds us dear and he gazes upon us with a deep love. We are valued. Got it. We are loved. Ooh, good job. You guys rock. You guys are going to earn those prizes over the adults. Awesome. I am valued. I am important. And I am loved. Awesome. You guys got this. After. Have a seat. You are his favorite. Now, I've taken a lot of flack over the years for telling people that I'm God's favorite but I'm going to explain why. I'm going to explain why I am convinced that I'm his favorite. Because there ain't another person on this earth, thank God you can thank him now, because this is to your benefit, that God did not create another person like me because the world can only handle one of me. You can ask Don. He deals with me all the time. And I'm sure as my spouse, he's going, oh, thank God there's not more of her in this world. I'm just saying. So I am convinced I'm his favorite because I know 
that I'm the only one of me. And you need that confidence that you're the only one of you. So because of that, you are God's favorite. Children, who's God's favorite? You are yourself. You're all God's favorite because he didn't make any more just like you. Even twins are not exactly the same. And I can tell you that because I've had twins in my class before. They are so not the same. You could have one that is the most quiet, obedient child. And the other one, who's that kid that has to move to learn? They may look a little bit alike, but there's still differences. Because God made us each favorites because we're the only one of who we are. God knows we need reassurance, so. So again, in Zechariah 2.8, he says, whoever touches you touches the apple of my eye. And then verse 9 I thought was really interesting because I like words and checking things out. So I checked verse 9. Do you know what verse 9 says? It goes on to tell the punishment for the people who mess with us. I thought it was kind of cool. Whoever touches you touches the apple of my eye, touches my favorite. And I'm not going to be happy. So in verse 9, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to mess with them. Whoever messes with my children, I'm going to mess with them. And Peter, he says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. What person ever writes, oh, you are my special possession? We won't do that. But God, in his wisdom, knows that we needed to know who we belong to. My first grade class, they're the gummy bear class. And they have identity because they know who they are. If the other ki- teachers in the school say, what, whose class are you in? Oh, I'm a gummy bear. I'm in the gummy bear class. They have identity. And we have identity because God said, you are my special possession. So if people say, who are you? You have the right to answer, I'm God's, and you can't mess with me because I'm his. I kind of like that knowledge. I grew up with seven brothers. It'd be kind of, I wish I had known this when I was younger. It would have been great to go, you mess with me? I'll tell mom, but I'm also going to tell God because he says if you mess with me, mm, not good. Man, I wish I had known that when I was a kid, but I didn't. Anyway, moving on. So how does God see us? Chosen, royal, holy, and special. He says, I know the plans I have for you. I'm not going to harm you. How great a love I have for you that you are called my children. Now, what was the second part of the apple? The flesh. The flesh. And we said the flesh was like who? Like Jesus. Boys and girls, you want to see something really disgusting? Miss Irene likes doing experiments. I like science. So I thought, I wonder what happens when we're not under God's protection. So if the skin is God and we're supposed to be under his protection and the skin protects the apple, what happens if we're not like Jesus and we aren't under his protection? You want to see what happens? And just to be sure, because every good scientist always does it twice. Did you peel the skin off? Yes. 
I peeled the skin off. It doesn't have the protection of God anymore. And what happened to those apples? They rotted. They rotted. Because you know what? In the real world, sometimes people say mean things to us. And instead of trusting God, we listen to it. Sometimes there might be a movie that all our friends are watching. And we go, ooh, I want to watch that movie. But it might not be good for our hearts. And if we watch it, it's kind of like peeling that skin off. And what's going to happen to our hearts? We start to rot. You're exactly right. We start to get nasty and the enemy comes in and the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, no, I came that you could have life and have it abundantly. You awesome job. Jesus came that we could have life. The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. And you know what? It has been a challenge in what's going on in our world. There's times people do things or say things that we're not happy about. And our reaction and how we respond determines, are we under God's protection and doing it his way or are we doing it our way? And I've had to ask myself many times, search me, oh God, and know my heart. Test me and, see, I know this one by heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any hurtful way in me. And I've had to ask myself, is my response hurtful? Is my response in line with what Jesus would have done? Jesus came to give me life. Is my response life-giving or is it going to be destructive? Is my response showing compassion or is my response taking that away? So we have to ask ourselves, are the things we doing bringing life or bringing death to the people around us? And we need to decide, do we want to live under God's protection like Jesus did and modeled for us, or do we want to be in the flesh and act out of his protection? Because I'm telling you, I don't want to eat this apple. It's pretty nasty. And the longer I leave it out, it's going to actually grow mold. And it's going to get worse and worse, and it's going to turn black and shrivel up and ugh. Would you want to eat it then? You're right. Then it's going to stink. And the Bible tells us we're supposed to be a sweet aroma to God. Is this a sweet aroma? Could this be a sweet aroma? And if this isn't an apple pie, oh, I love the smell of apple pie cooking. It's a sweet aroma. Jesus says that he came that we would have life. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says he called us friends. He said, grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, you can do all things because I strengthen you. So if we have Jesus, the, that other part of the apple, we can do anything. Can we face our giants? If we have Jesus, we can face our giants. Because he's going to make the giants fall. They can't stand when Jesus is there. We just have to learn to do it the way Jesus did. You know what Jesus did? Exactly. And you know how he fought the enemy? The enemy came one day and said to Jesus, see these rocks? If you're God, 
Turn those rocks into bread because I can tell you're hungry. And you know what Jesus did? Could Jesus have turned those rocks to bread? He could have, but he didn't. He turned and used the word of God, the Bible. And he said, you know what? The Bible says man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And he turned it and he made the enemy look like a fool. I know. I laugh at that too. Do you want to make the enemy look like a fool? (laughs) Then we use the word of God against him. He doesn't know how to stand against the word of God. That's why when you're in kids' church, we teach you scriptures. We want you to know who you are. We want you to know that God loves you because when the enemy comes and somebody says something mean to you, I didn't want to be your friend. How many of you have heard that at school? Mm-hmm. Doesn't feel good. I know, and that doesn't feel good, does it? But I want you to know it doesn't matter if they say that because they don't know what we know. We know that you are special, you're royal, you're chosen, and that God has a plan for your life better than whatever they say. I want you to know that. You're welcome. I want you to know he loves you more than that. And so do I. He gave us salvation. He said, nor is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Only Jesus can do that. I can't do all the best deeds. I'm going to be nice to my teacher. By the way, you should be nice to your teacher just because I'm a teacher. But being nice to your teacher isn't going to get you to heaven. Being the most obedient child is not going to get you to heaven. What gets you to heaven? Jesus does. You have to have that relationship with Jesus. He even showed us how to do that when he showed throughout scripture we can read it. Jesus said that he loves us. He says whatever is true, whatever is holy, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely... Think on these things. Now, I know nobody else has these issues, just myself. But sometimes, like I said, in the world, there are things that we should not see, do, hear. Things that can give us, put a hindrance to that relationship with God. And I've had to really start thinking about it through these lenses. If I'm going to watch a movie, I ask myself, is there truth in it? Is it holy? That mixes a lot of the ones that I would watch. Is it right? Is it pure? That mixes a whole bunch more that I would watch. Is it lovely? Is it admirable? And if we watch our lives and guard our hearts by those standards that God gave us, you know what? Our world wouldn't be in the chaos it's in. But we don't take that holiness to that extent. Well, it's only one little movie it's not going to be that bad. It's, it's only one little time that I screamed at that driver that cut me off. It's not going to be that bad. But one of my kids asked me, well, then why is it in the movies like that? Why do they even put that stuff in children's movies? Because if the enemy can corrupt our children and get them convinced it's only a little bit, then when those kids become teenagers... It's only a little bit more. And when those teenagers become adults, it's only a little bit more. 
But pretty soon, that little bit more looks like this. That little bit more is not holy, righteous, and pure anymore. We need to think about how do we judge the things in our lives. And it's not by what someone else says. We need to ask God, is it holy? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it admirable? Is it lovely? Does it align with God's standards? You know, teenagers especially, you guys are in school, and your moms and dads aren't there, are they? Your mom and dad don't come to school with you and hold your hand and walk you to your class, and when the teacher says, read this book, your parents aren't there to say, hmm, I don't like that one. But you know what? You guys have that ability to test it according to God's word. Is this holy, righteous, pure? And if it's not, go home and talk to your parents because you know what? They're your best advocate. They're the ones who are going to stand up for you and they're going to not be mad at you. They're going to be proud that you use scripture to test those things. Because you know what? As a parent, I can't be there every moment of every day with my kids. I wish I could. But they sure wouldn't have a very happy life if I had to guard them everywhere I go as they got older. Miss Courtney, Miss Stephanie, they don't need me walking around following them, do they? They have to ask that question on their own now. And as you grow up, you have to ask yourselves those questions. Is it holy? Is it right? Is it pure? Test it by those standards. I'm, I'm doing okay. All right. Judge your actions, your reactions, what you do, what you watch, and what you say, and how you respond by the standards that God set before us. Not by somebody else, not by what some other person says. You need to judge it by God's standards. Am I staying under God's protection and being like Jesus, or am I trying to do things on my own? Why, I, I love when my kids were growing up, we used to watch this little show with clowns. I'm sure they remember it. This was before clowns became bad. And the clowns were trying to earn a red nose, but they all had bad motives for why they wanted it. One wanted it so they could be famous. Another wanted it so their name would be in lights. Another wanted it so they could show off. And I love one comment they made, and I've remembered it all these years. And it said, why do I do the things I do, and who do I do them for? Do I do the things I do for me, or do them for the Lord? And I have to, I think that's the greatest thing to remember. Do I do what I'm doing for myself and my own glorification, or am I doing them because it's for God? There's a big difference a lot of times. So kids, I want to know, if something is good or bad and you're not sure, what should we do? Tell your mom. Good answer. What else can we do if we're not sure if something is good or bad? Tell God. Tell God. Good answer. We can tell God. <laughs> we can tell God. Adults, what do we have to do if... As adults, we're not sure and we're questioning if something is holy, righteous, and pure. What do we need to do, adults? Who wants to answer? I can throw really good. Ooh, test it with scripture. 
No, I get to throw this. I've never been allowed to throw things in church before. This is like so fun. All right. I don't know if it'll get back there. Everybody else might want a duck. This is why I don't throw things in church. See the lady way back there waving? Go run it to her. Thanks. Yeah, this is why they don't let me throw things in church because my children are way more accurate at throwing than their mother. They got that from dad, not from mom. Let's just say that and we'll end it there. All right. Now, we're going to look at another part of our book. Are you guys ready? It said, the flesh of the apple is good to eat. Lots of good things are made from it. And it said apple crisp, apple pie, apple sauce. We got that one. Apple dumplings, apple cake, apple fritters. Are you all hungry now? The core of the apple contains seeds from which the apple tree grows. When just one apple seed is planted in the ground, the result is many, many apples. Yeah, billions of apples. And it says, like the apple, the three persons of the one true God have different purposes. What does God the Father do? He protects us. And what does Jesus do? He guides us. us, Well, he saves us. And now we have one more part, the core. What does the Holy Spirit do? Good job. He helped. Wow. I told you, I didn't even have to preach this message. He gets rid of our anger and fear. So let's look at some of the things about the Holy Spirit. In the Bible, it said, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit is, there is freedom, freedom from fear, freedom from worry, fear from anxiety, fear from all those things. We have freedom from all of that. The spirit is the seed. He gives us power. He gives us guidance. He gives us strength to do all the things that God's called us to do and be who God created us to be. Did God create us to be this? But that's hard when people are telling us to do things. We want to be like the real apple. So you didn't know how many apples I actually had in here, did you? I keep pulling out new ones. The Holy Spirit is the power. In Romans 15, 13, it says, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you kids want to hear another science experiment? This is so cool. Did you know boiling water is hot? I knew you knew that. So if I take a potato, it's a sweet potato. I didn't have a regular potato because I like sweet potatoes better. So if I take a potato and I put it in boiling water, what is going to happen to my potato? It's going to soften. This strong, hard potato is going to turn mushy. Okay, what about this? What if I take... And this is not hard-boiled, so we have to be careful not to drop it. I... Do you want me to prove it? They're all like, sure, prove it. Do you want me to crack it on someone's head? 
these are your children? Mine are sitting out there looking at their children who are going, do it to me, do it to me. If I put this egg in boiling hot water, what is going to happen to the soft, gooey inside? It's going to harden. Do you know if we let the enemy influence us, he's going to harden our hearts just like that? But I have one more thing that we can add to water. How many of you know what this is? I know which of you all drink coffee now because your kids just gave it away. One said this was yogurt. Mom obviously does not do the Keurig thing, so we are good. Others of us, their kids are going, oh, that's a Keurig cup? I know, I see mom use that thing all the time. Coffee. There's a difference. When I add coffee to boiling hot water, the water doesn't change the coffee. The coffee changes the water. Which are we going to be? Are we going to be potatoes that when that enemy comes, the boiling water, we fall to mush and we lose hope? Are we going to be the egg that when that enemy comes like boiling water, we harden our hearts and we don't trust God anymore? Or are we going to be like this coffee that when the boiling water comes, we change the world around us? We need to be the world changers. We need to be the coffee beans of this world that don't let the world change us. We change the world. We need to be the world changers. The coffee bean was different because it changed the environment around it. The first two let the world change them, but the coffee changed the world around it. What things do we as parents, as grandparents, as adults, as teachers, as people in our church, you know, you all have an influence on these children because they see you every Sunday. What do we want to influence these kids? Do we want them to end up like potatoes? They don't want to be potatoes. Do we want them to be like eggs that harden their hearts? They don't want to be eggs. What do you guys want to be like? Just don't give them coffee. Your children's ministry workers will not like that. But if they are like the coffee, they're going to be the world changers. Guess what? We're going to have to live in the world they create. So we might as well invest in these children. We might as well invest in that world out there because we got to live in it. I want to be like the coffee bean that changes that world because I've got to live in it. I decorate my classroom at school because I have to live there seven hours a day. I want to influence that world around me. I don't want it to influence me. Will we let the lies of the enemy render our children or ourselves weak and useless and let it harden our hearts? I don't want it to be that way. I want by the Spirit of God, everybody say Spirit. This is what the Spirit of God does. He gives us power so that we can be world changes, changers and influence the world around us. Boys and girls, can you keep planting seeds? Yes. I tried planting one and my plant grew into a sapling, but it's... That's okay. But we're talking about planting seeds of God in others. So I'm going to ask...
Miss Courtney, if you could. She's coming. But you guys have been amazing. I'm going to finish with the adults. But while she does, guess what I got? You can't eat. You cannot eat these unless you ask your parents first. But I have apple-flavored lollipops. Duh, it has to go with apples. Did you expect anything different? No. All right, so I'm going to let Miss Courtney have the apple lollipops. Before she can give you a lollipop, though, you kind of need to pick up your papers, and then you can go sit with your parents for a minute so we can pray for people. And adults, if there's extra, you can get one. But we're going to give them to the kids first. But by the way, I don't want to take these home. And I, and I got to redeem myself. Oh, almost. Hey, I have to redeem myself. I hit the lights with the other one. Here, you can throw two and you can throw two. Nope, all the rest are real. We don't want to throw the real apples at them. Nope, all right. All right, I'm trying, I'm trying. I told you. All right, boys and girls, Miss Courtney has a treat for you. Adults, I have one more thing to tell you. If we have the spirit in our hearts and we're guarding our hearts and lives, the Bible gives us this promise. You will be like a tree apple tree firmly planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and in whatever you do you will prosper do you want to be a people that prosper i want to be the people who prosper thanks for listening to az vineyard church's podcast we're located in goodyear arizona to learn more about our church visit our website azvineyard.com. That's A-Z-V-I-N-E-Y-A-R-D.com.